Welcome back to Anatomy and Physiology 3.0. In this little session, we're going to talk about chapters 1 and 2 and how they relate to anatomy and physiology. How the overview of anatomy and physiology and the devices that we might have looked at in chapter 1 play an important role in the medical professions. And in chapter 2, how chemical interactions are important in understanding the body's chemical makeup and how inorganic and organic compounds have an effect on our daily lives. So stay tuned. Well, I'm glad I haven't lost you this far, but human anatomy is the scientific study of the body's structures and physiology explains how the structures of the bodies work together to maintain life. Those two things, when we put them together, is anatomy and physiology. And that's the basic understanding of what this whole class is about, anatomy and physiology. So anatomy, as you've already kind of understood from some of the PowerPoints and some of the education that you've already gotten already, anatomy literally just means to cut up something. And in the early days, we took cadavers and we, we cut them up to kind of see what was going on. And then we understood from those cutting of the bodies up that the human body has all these structural organization, even down to the itty bitty 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 cells, which is the smallest form of life that we have inside of our body. And those cells that combine from the molecules that combine to form cells and the cells combine to form tissues and tissues combine to form organs and organs make up organ systems and then those organisms that are created from those organ systems are what we are in our human life and so when we're living our daily human life you know it's important for us to realize that all of these components that come together to create us we have functions and those components, those organs, those cells, those tissues, everything gives us the ability to build and maintain and sustain our breathing life. And they include things like organization inside our body. We have all of our abdominal organs in one place. We have all of our heart and lungs in one place. Nobody's heart is in their foot. Now, if it is, they're going to have a lot of complications. And so anything that is in an abnormal place is going to cause a complication to someone in the long run. And we also learn about metabolism and how that the process of anabolic and catabolic reactions equal metabolism. So anabolic plus catabolic equals metabolism. And that helps us when we metabolize food, when we metabolize oxygen, when we metabolize what we need, our nutrients, we're able to have growth, we're able to move, we're able to do different things in our life. Everything from reproduction to growth and renewal. We also learned how oxygen is absolutely important as a requirement for life. If we don't have 21% oxygen in the air we breathe, if we have anything less than that, you get under like 19.5%, we start having issues and we start not being able to breathe. And so people who have done things to their body or just have disease processes that are happening, it causes them to need oxygen to live. And so that's why we give people nasal cannulas and non-rebreathers, uh, give them that oxygen supplementation to help them breathe better. 
but not only oxygen, but we also need carbon dioxide and we need to be able to release that carbon dioxide. And when someone can't get in oxygen or they can't release carbon dioxide, we start having med medical problems. And so understanding those chemicals and how they relate to our requirements for human life help us understand that anatomy and physiology is a foundational support to all of the medical fields. But not only that, but the minerals, the lipids, the proteins, the vitamins, everything that we're intaking into our bodies, the nutrients are very important, as well as our body being able to respond to high and low temperatures. If you went outside and it was super cold, you're going to want to put a coat on. That's your body trying to maintain homeostasis. So homeostasis is this activity of the cells where it wants to maintain that physiologic state where it's neutral. If the teeter-totter is going a little bit to the right or a little bit to the left, it's going to want to adjust the weight system, adjust the balance so that we don't have to intervene externally. The body wants to try to take care of everything internally. It has a lot of internal mechanisms, some negative feedback and some positive feedback mechanisms to help maintain that homeostasis. We want to keep everything in a balance. We also understood that in this first chapter about some anatomic terminology, and you're going to see a lot of this terminology throughout this course. Most courses say that about 80% of the course is just learning the vocabulary, the terminology. And so we learned about the different directional terms. We learned that there's going to be some terms that we're going to hear in different organ systems. Um, in the abdominal region, you know, the duodenum, the stomach, you know, in the kidneys, we're going to have nephr and you know if we're talking about superior inferior we're going to hear all these different words and understanding medical terminology is absolutely important when it comes to anatomy and physiology finally the last thing that we kind of learned in chapter one was medical imaging and medical imaging has been around for not very long because we discovered that x-rays would show a shadow cast onto a specific piece of metal paper, if you will, that showed the bones and the bone structure. And then if we took an x-ray and we did a 360 degree view with the x-ray, we created CT scans. And if we added magnets in with it, we got MRI scans with that too. And if we take on top of all of that and we introduce radioactive dye inside the person, we get a PET scan. Those are kind of those four main ones. So x-rays are first, then CT, MRI, then PET scan. Now the one that's the my most favorite, because I would like to see the day that ambulance providers can use these out in the field. And I hope that everybody has the ability to start using ultrasound wherever they're working, because ultrasound is the most non-invasive but provides instant accurate feedback to how the heart's pumping. If there's fluid in the abdomen, if there's a clot present, and it's so quick and so easy with training that is provided to the, the medical staff that is going to be using these devices, we could be giving immediate care to everyone who's using ultrasound. And so that's kind of a rundown of going through chapter one. Now, chapter two, was a little bit more in depth when it came to getting into the cell and we kind of not really gotten quite to the cell yet but we've started to look at 
the chemical compounds. Now, we understand that the cells are made up of molecules, so we have to understand all of the molecules that are a part of the cell. So when you think about molecules, do you think about chemicals in the body and how they are important for us to live our daily life? So in chapter two, we talked about the building blocks of matter. And matter is something that takes up space and has mass. And so the human body is composed of matter. And it's also composed of different elements, oxygen, carbon, hydrogen, and nitrogen. And a couple of those we breathe in on a daily basis. If you all take a big deep breath in and let it out. Well, you just breathe out carbon dioxide. Okay, so we've got some carbon in there. And we also breathe in oxygen. And part of that pie shape that you just breathed in, if you want to draw a circle, 21% of that is oxygen. Another 78% of that is nitrogen. And only 1% is all the other chemicals, which could be a little bit of hydrogen. So breathing in these elements or getting these elements from the foods we are eating are what is the elements that our body is composed of. And we get them from the food and the air we breathe. But atoms themselves don't just randomly run around the body. They, they're composed of protons, neutrons, and electrons. And they exchange electrons so that they can become stable and they make bonds. And these chemical bonds that we make start creating chemical chains and we start having chemical reactions. And these bonds we can call as ionic bonds. And there's poles, there's positive and negative poles, and positive and positives, you know, repel themselves. Think about magnets, and then, you know, positive and negative, you know, they, they attract. And so we have these, these reactions happening, and we have re chemical reactions that, you know, talk about energy. And energy, we have kinetic energy, and we have potential energy. Well, if you're sitting around on your couch listening to this right now, you've got a lot of potential energy because you're not moving. However, if you got up and decided to get a cup of coffee because you're getting a little sleepy, well, you started using kinetic energy to get up and walk across the room. So that's kind of the difference there. And these reactions are influenced by the reactants of temperature, concentration, and pressure, which are all things that are affecting us in our daily life, but it's also things happening on the inside of our body. And we have to have these catalysts to speed up these chemical chain reactions, break down carbohydrates, break down proteins, and get these reactions going. Now, most of the stuff that we look at when we talk about chemicals like water, salt, acid, base, those are inorganic compounds because they don't have carbon and they don't contain the carbon and the hydrogen they they have you know they have all the other chemicals except the hydrogen and the carbon now if the acids are releasing hydrogen atoms in a solution it makes it more acidic but the less it's releasing the hydrogen atoms and the more it's accepting the more alkaline a substance can make so we have a pH scale talking about acids and bases. In this pH scale, we have a neutral. And so neutral is seven, that's water. On one side of the pH scale, we have 
zero. On the other side of the scale, we have 14. And in the middle, again, as we already said, seven, neutral, water. So if we're zero to seven, we're acid. If we're seven to 14, we're base or alkaline. I don't know why they had to pick, choose two different words, but for this, we'll just say acid and base. So, and if we combine an acid and a base together, we get a salt. So, if you have sodium and chloride, combine them together, you get a salt. And that's what we call table salt. You have a reaction. If you combine vinegar and baking soda, vinegar would be your acid, baking soda would be your base. Combine them together, you get a salt. And you also have a violent reaction. So, when we have this pH scale, we have seven being neutral, but blood, blood falls a little bit to the alkali side. So if you're seeing bottles of water in the store and they say alkalinic bottle of water, 7.2, 7.8, it's trying to gimmick you into buying it because our blood's pH is 7.35 to 7.45. Now, we're never gonna see our blood's pH at like 11 because every time we increase in the pH, we do it by a factor of 10. So we get increasingly acidotic or alkalitic, depending on which direction we're going on the scale, increasing. And so we get up to eight or nine with a pH, the body is gonna start having a lot of problems and it's gonna start failing. Now, organic compounds that are inside of our body, carbohydrates, lipids, proteins, and nucleotides. Okay, so let's take care of this. What kind of diet are we seeing right now that is limiting carbohydrates? You got it, the keto diet. And the keto diet's idea is to increase fats, increase proteins, decrease carbs. Therefore, by taking those fats, breaking them down into sugars and burning them off as energy in the body because there is no carbohydrates to break down into the simple sugars, which was glucose. And all of these need carbon to survive carbohydrate you hear the carbon in the carbohydrate <clears throat> so these diets that we we look at you know that we're converting glucose and disaccharides and lactose and polysaccharides and starches and trying to get down to that simple sugar because that simple sugar is our fuel and that creates ATP adenosine triphosphate and that is our most simplest form of energy that we use in the glycolysis and the Krebs cycle to create energy inside the body. And one of those byproducts from that reaction is carbon dioxide, which is what we off-gas and we breathe out. But it needs oxygen with the ATP to have aerobic metabolism. Remember talking about it, metabolism before? But if we're not using oxygen, we still want to burn fuel. And if we're working out and we're not getting enough oxygen, we're gonna switch over to anaerobic metabolism. Remember those medical words? And meaning without. So anaerobic metabolism is gonna be without oxygen. So all of these are very important. Now, breaking it down with the proteins, proteins start breaking down and they get down to the most basic building blocks with amino acids, amino acids which contain nitrogen. And the basic building blocks with protein help build our DNA and our RNA, which are nucleotides. And they have nu nucleic acids, di ribonucleic acids, and deoxyribonucleic acids. So we have DNA and RNA. And when we have these 
together we start creating chains and we have our DNA sequence and that's what makes up our body so understanding the inorganic chemicals and the organic chemicals and how they work together inside the body to create these chemical reactions actually creates who we are in our organism state with the cells, the tissues, the organs, and the organ systems to make us who we are today so that we can go out to the local coffee shop and get a coffee or go to McDonald's and get us a burger. Because without that energy that we're getting from food, we wouldn't be able to survive. Without that air we're breathing in, we wouldn't be able to survive. So understanding some chemical makeup, understanding the organizational structure of anatomy and physiology, even though they might be a little bit boring chapters, help us understand how we live our daily lives every single day. I hope this helped you guys understand a little bit more with anatomy and physiology. If you have any questions, don't be afraid to email me. We'll talk to you later. Take care.